Hi, I'm Manika Raman-Wilms, and you're listening to The Decibel from The Globe and Mail. If you were one of the nearly 9 million Canadians who received the CERB financial benefit during the pandemic, there's a chance you might need to repay some of that. The government is now telling 1.7 million people that they might owe money back, and it's not because they did anything wrong when applying for it. How this happened is a bit complicated, and many Canadians might not even know yet that they need to pay up. Service Canada has been sending out communications to sort of alert uh, people that they may have this, uh, this balance owing. However, not everybody has received it. Erica Alini is a personal finance reporter at The Globe. She'll tell us who's on the hook for repaying this money, why there's so much confusion here, and what experts are saying about how the CERB payment was rolled out. This is The Decibel. Erica, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So before we get into all the details of this CERB repayment that uh, the government is asking for, I think it's probably a good idea to take a step back and just talk about the basics. Can you remind us about what CERB is? The CERB is the Canada Emergency Response Benefit, which was the first major pandemic income support um, rolled out by Ottawa uh, for individuals. And they cast a really broad net. Uh, the eligibility criteria uh, were just that you had to be a Canadian resident, you had to be at least 15 years old, you didn't quit your job voluntarily, um, that you had made at least $5,000 uh, either in 2019 or the 12 months uh, prior to your um, application. Uh, and that was, you know, both, uh, you know, whether you were working as an employee or, or self-employed uh, and that you were making no more than $1,000 a month. How much did this program cost the government? Uh, so nearly $82 billion. Hmm, okay, so that's a lot of money. So for a lot of Canadians, they got served for a period of time, but now they're done with it. They don't have to worry about it anymore. But there's a smaller group of people who are not done with CERB and, and actually may need to repay some money here. What's happening here? Yeah, so there's a number of CERB recipients who may need to uh, repay um, some of what they, they got for various reasons. But in particular, my story is about uh, an estimated 1.7 million people who, in a sense, probably did nothing wrong. So they're not having to repay because they claimed benefits that they, did, they weren't entitled to, whether that was a mistake or actual outright fraud. These are people who are going to have to or probably have to repay some money because of an advance payment that the government distributed to some CERB recipients very early on in the program, and it was $2,000. And the rationale was that some uh, people were already strained financially, and the government said at the time, no, we've, we've given out this extra $2,000 lump sum payment uh, to help tie them over, uh, make sure that they can pay the bills. And they said at the time, do not worry about this. This is an ex not an extra payment because you made a mistake. Uh, we will apply this advance to future SERB uh, payments that you're going to receive. So at some point, your payments, your SERB payments will be interrupted. And that's how we're going to even things out. 
So these were these were just people who had applied for CERB, and they hadn't done anything wrong, I guess, in the way that they had applied it there, but the government kind of just gave them this extra $2,000 then? Yeah, so these were people who applied through Service Canada. So remember, uh, there were two ways in which you could apply for CERB. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you were eligible for EI, you could apply through Service Canada, and otherwise you could apply through CRA. So f- this is for people who applied through Service Canada, who applied um, before June 14th of 2020, okay. uh, and then who stayed on CERB for less than 20 weeks. And that's where the issue comes up. Uh, the government took a while to start pausing payments to apply this advance. And so some people who got the advance didn't stay on CERB for long enough and the government didn't get around to applying this advance or didn't have enough time to apply it in full. And if someone thinks that they might fall into this category, how can they check if if this is going to affect them? Service Canada has been sending out communications to sort of alert um, people that they may have this uh, this balance owing. However, not everybody has received it. So in my story, I was talking to Don Falconer, um, a consultant in Vancouver, who at the time was a a hotel manager. And his job, uh, like so many other Canadians, evaporated overnight. (laughs) And he he went on on CERB and had this advance. Um, And then, you know, this was, uh, we just spoke this week and when I wrote the story, he had not yet received any communication from Service Canada or CRA or, or anyone else. And the way he found out that he owed this money uh, was he logged into his um, online CRA account to file mm-hmm. his uh, his tax return and noticed that he had this $2,000 sort of balance owing uh, under EI. And then he called uh, Service Canada and CRA and eventually was able to um, figure out what this was. And for the people who are owing this money, how long do they have to repay it now? So the government has said that they will be very forthcoming, that they will not apply penalties or interest. And this was, again, it was the, the government's initiative to give this extra $2,000. Um, so that seems reasonable. Um, and they have also said that they will be very forthcoming um, in establishing a repayment plan. So if you don't have an extra $2,000 or however much it is that you owe lying around, it sounds like you will easily be able to uh, pay it off in installments. And um, again, Mr. Falconer, the, the man I I spoke to said that he was uh, uh, proactively offered a 10 month repayment plan, which he didn't even need. He said, you know, thank you, but no, thank you. Uh, I'm in a much better financial situation at this point uh, and I will just pay it off all at once. For people who aren't maybe in such a stable financial situation, though, I mean, $2,000 can be a lot of money. What happens if they're not able to pay it back? So the government has said is that no one will be put in a situation of financial hardship because they have to repay whatever amount, uh, you know, that, that was tied to the advance payment. This is not the first time that CERB has caused some confusion for recipients. Can you remind us of some of the other wrinkles that this program has faced over the course of it being rolled out? 
So there were a lot of communications issues at the start of CERB when it was rolled out. Like a, another big source of confusion was the fact that uh, for a, a brief period at the very beginning of CERB, you could apply for the same benefit through both EI and the CRA. And the government quickly fixed that loop and, you know, it, your application would be automatically flagged if you tried to apply through both. But yeah, at the very, very beginning, like some people double applied and they didn't realize that they were doing it. So there was there was some confusion there. And then the other major issue uh, that emerged around with communication around the CERB was the $5,000 income threshold. Uh, so for self-employed people, the wording of the government, it didn't distinguish for self-employed people whether that was a gross income or income after deductions. And so a lot of people thought that they qualified based on their gross income. And later on, CRA came out and said, no, 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 this was income after deductions. And that was actually a huge uh, political controversy. And eventually the government came out and said, you know, forget about it. Even if you applied with gross income instead of income after deductions, as long as you met the other uh, eligibility criteria, you're fine. So it seems like at a few different points of, of this CERB program here, Erica, there's been a few points of confusion here. Why did it come with so much confusion? I think part of it was the way it was rolled out. So we have to remember uh, there was a huge emergency. Uh, CERB was put together super fast uh, in just a few weeks uh, when normally it would take much, much longer to, to roll out a, a program of this size. It was an unprecedented situation. Uh, government resources were strained. Uh, and so there were some slip ups uh, in communication uh, that you might argue uh, were to an extent understandable, but perhaps. Um, however, uh, afterwards, the fact that there's still not clear communication or, or lack of communication uh, now that the government is trying to go after this overpayment, that's less understandable because we're no longer um, in an emergency. And another factor here may be that SERP is pretty easy to apply for, right? It's just kind of a quick little click of the button there, and um, almost anyone could apply for it quickly. The government made applying for SERP relatively easy, essentially, with very few validation checks. What was the thinking behind that? So that was very intentional. And they did that to put money into people's pockets um, as fast as possible. So it was a very clear rationale that, you know, we'll, we won't worry about fraud prevention so much right now. There will be some fraud. We accept that risk and we're going to go after the money uh, later uh, once sort of we're not in a state of emergency. Erica, you mentioned that there's, you know, a higher risk of fraud by rolling out a program like this and the government was willing to take that risk. Do we know how much fraud actually took place here? We don't have the full picture yet. Uh, so I can tell you that, you know, 500 million went to early double applicants. Uh, we also know that nearly 12 million uh, went to foreign addresses, uh, which 12 million is a lot of money. But compared to the total of the money that was distributed through the CERB is it's a very small fraction. And then we know that the government is also sending out letters to people that 
perhaps made more than uh, the $1,000 per month that you were allowed to earn on top of the CERB. But the bottom line is that we don't have a full picture yet. And also because these efforts to track down fraud and recoup the money are ongoing. uh, And I'm not even sure that we'll know at the end of it clearly how much was intentional fraud versus honest mistakes. Does the government have an idea of how long it's going to take to track down all of these wrongful payments? So uh, the CRA said it would be done with compliance work by 2023 and Employment Canada by 2024. Big picture on the on the CERB program here, Erica. What are experts saying about it? Is it viewed as a success here? So in terms of, you know, was it a good decision to have very few upfront checks? There are very different opinions that you might hear from tax and fiscal policy experts. Uh, So uh, some experts will tell you that it was unconscionable um, to not have more advanced checks going in Mm -hmm. and that it may have invited fraud because it was so easy to to get the money. Um, And some uh, other experts argue that, no, this was exactly what we needed to do. Uh, The priority was to get uh, money out fast um, and also to ensure that it would go to as many people who are eligible as possible. You didn't want to discourage people who are eligible from getting the money because maybe they didn't have documents that were required. And they also stressed that uh, this wasn't just about keeping people afloat financially, but it was about making sure that people did not go out and potentially overwhelm um, the healthcare system uh, trying to work because they didn't have the supports. You know, often when you're designing sort of these checks, uh, what you have to balance is the risk uh, of fraud and the risk that the more complicated you make an application, the higher the risk that you are unwittingly cutting out or or discouraging some people who are eligible for the benefit uh, from actually receiving the benefit. And this is a a problem that we have uh, here in Canada with low income people. Often they do not receive benefits that they are entitled to because they do not apply for them. And again, the more complicated the application, the higher you're setting the bar. Uh, CERB has helped a lot of people who needed money then. It sounds like this program definitely did that. But the onus does seem to be on the individual now to, to make sure that they haven't made mistakes. Why are people left to figure this out on their own? You know, it's possible to say, you know, maybe some of this was unavoidable. Uh, It was such a big program. It was rolled out so quickly. There were a lot of adjustments that were made, a lot of tweaks um, along the way. I would say what is less um, easy to understand uh, is the communication issues uh, that have persisted to this day and why someone like Mr. Faulkner is still left to figure out on his own What is this money that he suddenly owns? Erica, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me on. That's it for today. I'm Manika Raman-Wilms. Our producers are Madeline White and Cheryl Sutherland. David Crosby edits the show. Kasia Mihailovic is our senior producer. And Angela Pachenza is our executive editor. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.